2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in severe tests of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part of, in the relief of the saints. And this, uh, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. Accordingly, we urge Titus that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. But as you excel in everything, in faith, speech, and knowledge, in all earnestness, and our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that, by your, by, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And in this matter I give my judgment, this benefits you who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also desired to do it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness and desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need, so that their abundance may supply your need, that they may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Thanks, Joe. So I wonder what your first thought is when somebody like Joel says giving, charity, donations. Is it like me when you're walking down the street and you see someone with a, with a colourful uh, coat and clipboard and uh, you immediately decide that you need to uh, cross the road or not make eye contact? So why do we give money? Um, out of guilt? Um, because everyone else does? To look good in front of others? Maybe even to earn kudos with God? To make up for something that we did wrong? Or in our better moments, maybe because it's just a good thing to do um, and our hearts are moved to meet a need and to alleviate suffering um, with, what, with our funds. And then who should I give to? There are many great causes um, that need funding. Which ones are the right one? Which ones deserves my giving? And if I'm a Christian, do I give to Christian organizations um, or non-Christian ones? Does it matter? And my hope is today that in this short slot, hopefully short, we're going to be helped to reorientate how we think about money um, using this passage. So how does the series in 2 Corinthians, um, which aims at reorienting our lives around gospel ministry, how does it affect giving, if at all? Okay, so let's take a trip back to first century Corinth. So Corinth was a wealthy city. Um, there's a picture of it on uh, the handout. And as you can see, it sat on the sort of east-west sea trade route, but also the north-south land um, trade route. So it was perfectly placed. And therefore, 
had potentially was a wealthy city. So the Roman writer Strabo described Corinth as always great and always wealthy. And it's likely that the church in Corinth that Paul's writing to had, a, had people from a mix of backgrounds, so some poor or even slaves, but others potentially wealthy. And the issue at hand was that the Christians in Jerusalem were suffering um, as a result of famine or persecution. And what was the Corinthians' obligation to help them? Um, people who were far away, a different ethnicity, and that nobody really in the church in Corinth would have known. And in any case, Jerusalem was the place that the gospel had come from. Um, so surely they could kind of sort their own problems out with, with their relationship with God. And I think what's striking in, in this passage is that Paul doesn't actually paint any sob stories about what's going on in Jerusalem. We don't hear anything about the needs um, that he wants the Corinthians to give to. And so why is this? Um, is it that Paul just needs a lesson on how to kind of conjure up um, a financial donation? Um, or is it that he has something else in mind and that Christian giving um, is different and distinct? So I hope as, yeah, as we work through this passage, we'll see what Paul is saying to this group and that it's relevant to us. Um, we are Gentile Christians. We live in a, in a land far away from Jerusalem. Um, and that there's much that we can learn from this passage about giving. Okay, so our first point is the grace of the Macedonians, an example of generosity out of poverty. So our first point is that you don't have to be wealthy to give. Um, and Paul illustrates this with an example of the Macedonian churches. So these were churches to the north of, of Corinth, who comparatively speaking had very little wealth. So look down with me at verse two. He says, for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. So these Gentile Christians who, are, who themselves are facing material hardship, most likely because of persecution, they are begging the Apostle Paul for the grace and favor of taking part in this giving project to the church in Jerusalem. And even Paul is surprised by their giving. He says, it's not as they expected. Given their hardship, Paul had no expectation that this church would be giving to Jewish Christians. And what was at the heart of their giving? Have a look in verse five. It could easily have read, but they gave themselves to the saints. But it says that they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. This generosity is not purely horizontal between Christians, um, but it has a vertical element. Right relationship with God leads to an outpouring of generosity horizontally. Um, and I heard a story uh, which illustrates this well, which is the story of a Christian businessman who was traveling in Korea. And he saw uh, a boy, an old man and a boy where the boy was pulling a plow. Um, and he thought it was strange. So he asked his tour guide about it. And the tour guide said that these guys were Christians and that they had sold their ox um, to give some money towards building their local church. Um, and so this uh, businessman was amazed and he went home and told his pastor um, this story. And off the back of that, doubled his own giving. 
because um, he was so so overwhelmed. And I think this illustrates what Paul is doing here. He's holding up the poor Macedonians as the model and saying to the Corinthians, who likely had stopped supporting the church um, in Jerusalem, to step up, to follow the Macedonian example. And Paul is showing that Christian giving is not just about those who can afford to give. It's about meaningful generosity, um, even in poverty. And furthermore, Paul is putting giving on the table um, as a mark um, that one would expect to see from authentic Christians. Look how, in verse 7, he commends them for their Christian maturity, their faith, the way they talk, their earnestness. And Paul is saying that generosity should be added to this list. It's not an optional add-on for super-Christians. It's what you would expect to see from authentic Christians. So the Corinthians might at this point be saying, well, that's very good of the Macedonians, but they're just an exception. We can be Christians and give to those in need in our community. Anyway, I thought Christianity was about grace and mercy and not rules and regulations. So Paul goes on and uses another example. But note his tone here. He's not commanding. He could have exercised his apostolic authority and just told them to give, but he does not want to do that because this is a matter of the heart. So that leads us on to point two, the grace of Christ, an example of becoming poor that others might be rich. So Paul uses this next example to build his argument, not least the example of Jesus, who gave up the riches of his heavenly throne to enter this world. That is the wealth of the new creation brought down to this earth and shared with us. Jesus is taking on the form of a man and humbling himself, ultimately in his death on a Roman cross. He gave up heavenly riches for earthly poverty. Why? So that we might become rich. Look with me at verse 9 again. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. Can you imagine King Charles, with all his wealth and riches and land, um, walking into this room and saying, Joel, why don't you have a farm in the West Country for you and your wife? Um, Brendan, why don't you have some of the gold that was given to my mother? Andrew, why don't you have my specially modified Land Rover Defender? <laughs> it's crazy. But if we are Christians, we really have been given riches through our share in the new creation, in heaven, in becoming children, heirs of God, heirs of God the creator. That is the grace that we have been shown. And so this is really the heart of what Paul is getting at. Corinthians, do you understand the gospel message? Do you appreciate the scale of the way that Jesus has freely given himself to bring us into the people of God? Do you see that in accepting Christ, we have become rich and that there is nothing we can do that would match how generous Christ has been to us? Now, you might be thinking, what does that mean? Uh, does that mean that Christ has, if, sorry, what does it mean that Christ has made us rich? 
does it mean that Christians become materially richer through the work of Christ? We'll come back next week for more on this. But the question is, what is it to be truly rich? And the answer from these verses is having a relationship with God. That is what the work of Christ achieved. Reconciliation with God. How much better than transitory riches in this life? And it's yeah worth saying at this point that if you're not trusting Jesus for your salvation, if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, then the message of this passage is see how wonderful the Christian message is. Salvation at great cost for free. That is where we start. And it will be sad if you walked out of here today thinking that you could give money um, and God would top up your good account. That is, you're not being encouraged to be generous. You are being encouraged to see what God has done for you. So what is Paul's point here? Of course, we cannot copy Jesus. We cannot give up what we don't have. But Paul is showing us that Jesus is an example. He gave up his wealth to serve others. And Paul wants the Corinthians to understand that giving and generosity are marks of authentic Christians, not under compulsion, but those who are so thrilled with the undeserved favour that God has lavished on them that it pours over into the way we treat our fellow brothers. Okay, so the reader in Corinth might be saying, okay, I understand that the mark of a genuine Christian is one that's generous, but what has it got to do with this collection in Jerusalem? We have enough problems in our own church to sort out. And Paul wants the Corinthian church to see that they are the part of the same family as the believers in Jerusalem. They are saved through Jesus. But notice what he says in verse 14 and 15. Let me read that. Your abundance at the present time should supply their need so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over and whoever gathered little had no lack. So this is a quote from Exodus describing the way that God's people were fed manna in the desert. People gathered different amounts, some more, some less, but no one had lack. That is, those with more were able to share with those who had less. In Exodus, it tells us also that it was not possible to hoard manna um, as it would go mouldy. So there was no point being greedy. And Paul's using this quote not only to teach them about sharing, but also the bigger point that they are family with the Christians in Jerusalem. They are in this together. They are God's covenant people. So you can almost hear the next question from the, from the back of the room. I've worked extremely hard for my money. How is it right that we become poor and the Jerusalem Christians become rich? Where's the fairness? And Paul tackles this head on in verse 12 to 14. He says, no, give from what you have. Be realistic. There is to be an equality of readiness so that no one is wrongly burdened. It's not about one group profiting from another, but willingness and readiness to supply a brother's need. So what's Paul not saying here? He's not commanding them to give. He's not saying you can't be a Christian and not give. Giving will not earn them God's favor, but he is saying that authentic gospel, the authentic gospel is full of grace, and when we understand the favour and riches that we have been given, 
it's natural that we joyfully share uh, our material goods with others. But notice, um, as we're coming to the end of the talk, notice also that Paul is very practical in verse 11. Let me read that. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. It seems as if the Corinthians have said that they would like to give, but have actually just not got round to doing it. And Paul is exhorting them to follow through, finish the good thing that you've set your heart to do. And I think there's a lesson for us there too. Um, often giving is something that we don't really get round to. Maybe we thought we need to review our giving because our circumstances have changed. Maybe our expenditure's gone down or we've had a pay rise but it's very easy to just not get round to it. And one thing our family have found helpful is to do a rain check on our giving once a year. Who are we giving to? How much? What can we give? And that way prevents time and circumstances moving on and not being proactive. And who should we as Christians give to? Well, I'm sure a whole another talk can be devoted to that uh, topic, but I think the takeaway here is that giving to gospel ministry is the priority. Um, and so it would make sense that our own giving takes that shape. So if you are a Christian who excels in faith, speech, knowledge, and earnestness, how is your giving? Do you see it as an integral part of your Christian walk? Maybe you do and have good intentions, but never actually get around to making it happen. Well, hopefully today is an encouragement to do it. And if you're a new Christian, have you considered how rich you are in Christ? Perhaps a good next step is to meditate on this, pray about it, maybe talk to someone about it and ask God to move your heart to respond generously. And if you're not a Christian, how rich are you? Do you know the true riches of knowing God, being in right relationship with him? And can I encourage you to follow up on that? So I hope in this short talk that we've seen that Christian giving is different to giving that we see um, in the secular world. Um, and I would say that giving in the secular world is good. Um, so there's, there's, there's nothing that I want to say that, um, that that's a bad thing. But Christian giving is motivated by grace. And a response to having been served and being able to respond even from poverty because we appreciate the grace God has shown us. Um, and I hope you can see the difference between this um, and some of the motivations that we talked about earlier. Um, so as we draw to a close, will you allow me to pray? Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this passage. Thank you for your word um, to us today. Um, thank you so much for the grace that the Lord Jesus has shown us. Um, that he became poor, um, that we might be rich in knowing God. And Lord, I pray that we would be moved joyfully um, to respond generously with the resources that you've given us. Amen.